G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as we do on a Monday, we'd like to catch up on the latest political agenda. Uh, Perhaps things have been going on out of Canberra and throughout the States and what might be on the agenda for the week ahead. Dan Flynn joining us today from the uh, his Victorian State Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Hey, Dan, welcome back to 2020. Great to be with you, Neil. Dan, just quickly before we get into some of the political agenda, I do note that yesterday was a day of prayer for rain and uh, something that just snowballed uh, from an initiative by the Toowoomba Mayor Paul Antonio and then the support of 11 mayors in southern and western Queensland and then it seemed to really snowball into other states, New South Wales, Victoria and Western Australia. I wonder whether you've got any thoughts about uh, the prayer for rain and and uh, just the courage of a civic leader of standing up and saying, yes, we need to ask God to intervene here. It's a fantastic initiative, Neil. And I think it even goes as far back as the minister's fraternity in Toowoomba uh, meeting uh, meeting with uh, the mayor, uh, developing this idea, and then the mayor uh, sharing that with other mayors who are not necessarily overtly Christian, uh, but all aware of the dire need here uh, of addressing the drought and, um, uh, you know, all really reliant on God and being public about it. So it's a great example of uh, political engagement uh, by the pastors with their civic leaders. And, um, yeah, I think this is uh, uh, something that uh, we should celebrate. And, uh, yeah, we need to continue to pray for rain. This is an absolute crisis. Well, just to say that earlier this morning on Vision, uh, Matt Prater, who was standing in as host for the Rise and Shine breakfast program here on Vision, uh, was receiving calls from around the nation of people who are being able to observe the fact that it's raining in their community. And so uh, it's not like it's drought-breaking rain yet, but uh, expectation is there that God will come for and uh, and actually bring about, uh, you know, change to the uh, the climate in some of those very dry, drought-stricken communities. Uh, affects families, it affects uh, farmers, it affects businesses in those communities. Uh, so, yes, the pray for rain is on and an expectation that God will intervene and send rain into those drought-stricken areas. Uh, some other areas to talk about today, Dan. Uh, Senator Lionhelm and uh, his call for a a new uh, a new uh, relaxation of what's happened with euthanasia legislation. We know that twenty years ago the Northern Territory had a go, and that appeared to be quite a disaster. Uh, now Senator David Lionhelm is is calling for uh, a, a, a renewed opportunity for the Northern Territory and the ACT. What are your thoughts on, on what's happened? Look, it's concerning, Neil, because um, uh, clearly when the Northern Territory legislated this for a short period in the mid-90s, uh, there were uh, four deaths, I believe, under that law, two of which did not qualify, uh, and um, you know many of those who were seeking to get patients uh, 
across the line on this uh, thought of the uh, safeguards uh, as just simply roadblocks to be crossed. Uh, so it was rightly repealed um, and and the, uh, the federal government taking control, not giving that initiative back to the territories. What's deeply concerning about this is that it appears, based on statements by Senator Lionhelm, that he's done a deal with the Prime Minister along the lines of um, Senator Lionhelm as a critical crossbencher, lending his support uh, to the establishment of the Australian Building uh, Control Commission, uh, which is a, a vital uh, aspect of uh, coalition policy, uh, trading off um, uh, for a promise for a free vote in the parliament uh, among the coalition uh, on uh, enabling the territories to legislate euthanasia. Um, and I think Senator Lionhelm expressed this as some sort of um, uh, liberty offset uh, in other words, there's constriction involved in uh, the Building uh, Control Commission. Um, uh, let's offset that with uh, uh, greater liberty uh, around uh, legislating for euthanasia. So uh, that that sort of deal might have been done um, is very, very concerning, I think, to the democratic process. And Dan, from what I understand, Malcolm Turnbull has reportedly given a private assurance that coalition MPs will be allowed a free vote on any sort of bill like that to restore territory rights. Uh, would that be a typical, normal thing in your estimation? Look, I wouldn't think so. We don't know often what happens in negotiations with crossbenchers, uh, but uh, uh, I understand this uh, hasn't been to the coalition party room. Uh, these um, uh, exchanges uh, are just very concerning because there's, there's no line of sight to what the process is and to trade off something uh, as important as the issue of euthanasia, um, a social issue uh, for, a, uh, I suppose, a, you know, a more concrete uh, economic issue is just very, very concerning. Okay, let's move on to some other issues. Last week, an interesting visitor, the visit of Walt Heyer to Canberra and Sydney, an American man who's had two sex change operations. He tried to become Laura at age 42 and then a reversal operation after eight years because he believed surgeons were too quick to operate. Uh, what's happened with his visits to Canberra and Sydney last week? Well, look, it's... Um uh, I understand it's been very successful, Neil. Uh, he's been in Canberra. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what uh, MPs uh, he visited there, but I know there was uh, uh, connections sought to be made with Labor Party MPs ahead uh, of their national conference in July because Labor Party MPs are facing a platform that says that they will criminalise uh, anybody who tries to um, uh, stop somebody going down the path of transitioning a man into a woman in his case. Uh, but his story is that he transitioned and then uh, uh, reverted back to his uh, the sex he was born because underlying it all, uh, no matter what changes he made, no matter how feminine he looked, uh, he was always a man. Uh, and that's been his story. So he's uh, been in Canberra with a particular... Uh, interest in connecting with Labor MPs uh, and uh, uh, senators on this issue. Uh, I know he spoke in Sydney on Friday night 
and he's uh, heading to New Zealand to speak uh, next Friday uh, at a conference over there. So uh, the more awareness there is of this, Neil, uh, the better it will be, um, particularly that students and children can understand uh, that there are actually only two genders and uh, that there is, um, uh, uh, we should oppose the idea that somebody can socially transition and then demand that we all call them by their preferred pronoun. Uh, and uh, I think that this uh, waltz travels uh, very instructive on that front. Interesting to note here, Dan, that it seems to me there's been little or no coverage at all in the mainstream media of this man's arrival here. He has a significant identity. He's got an incredible story to tell. These days he's aged 74 years and travels the world and is like a counsellor to those who are considering a sex change surgery. But uh, the fact that there is little or no coverage from the mainstream media, that's that's a message in itself, isn't it? It is, it is. It doesn't agree uh, with the narrative, uh, the uh, prevailing progressive narrative that one can change their gender. Uh, so he will be shunned. Uh, his story will not be told. Uh, and it's, uh, uh, you know, walking the corridors of power. Um, and I know he's been working with Martin Isles, uh, our managing director, last week uh, in Canberra. Uh, and... Um, you know, I think it's another fact that I uh, noted in the conversation with the senator uh, that they were happy to meet him one-on-one but not in a public forum. In other words, they didn't publicly want to engage with Walt. Uh, so that's a concerning uh, trend as well um, about the, uh, the, the the public shaming of anybody who would question um, transgenderism. Um, all right, let's move. Yeah, sorry? Yeah, no, no, Neil, this is playing out. I'm seeing this playing out in schools in Victoria. Uh, there was a girls' school here in Victoria who now has a boy who is socially transitioned, and that boy is referred to as a he. It's, a, it's uh, an arts captain in the school, um, and they're often up the front uh, in a girls' school. Um, every part of their website uh, says they're a girls' school, but they've got a boy in there now, and this is creating great confusion among the students. That's one we probably ought to monitor along as we go. Let's move on, though. Lots to cover. The Super Saturday by-elections coming up. Parliament's on its winter break. Campaigning is heating up now, ahead of the by-elections coming up at the end of the month on the 28th of July. Uh, what are your impressions about how things are going, Dan? Look, it's definitely not a winter break uh, for MPs. Uh, they'll be engaged heavily in those by-elections. Um By-elections tend to punish a government, uh, so the coalition will do well to win, uh, you know, one or or at least if they get one, they'll be pleased with that, I think, uh, because it's usually a reaction uh, to a government uh, in a by-election. This is um, uh, part of the the tragedy about the um, uh, dual citizenship uh, issue uh, that leads to these by-elections. It really does put Bill Shorten's leadership in focus. Uh, He's done a backflip last week on tax cuts, uh, up to $50 million. Uh, On Tuesday, saying that tax cuts from $10 million to $50 million for companies would would be repealed. He then reverts that. Uh, All of those gymnastics are in the lead-up to this by-election. And, um, uh, you know, I I think that um, 
we're concerned about whether we're really seeing good policy developed uh, or simply um, uh, just just opportunism, a desire to be the front runner, no matter what has to be, you know, traded away. Um, and I hope that good tax policy develops uh, despite this these by-elections uh, coming over the horizon. Well, the government's calling it, uh, you know, a by-election referendum on corporate tax policy. And as you say, Bill Shorten's leadership may be in the balance if there is a bad showing for Labor and even losing one of the seats uh, could be very unsettling. Of course, Anthony Albanese, uh, he's uh, put his foot forwards uh, with a manifesto and uh, playing up the idea of leadership. So if there is going to be any sort of challenge, uh, Anthony Albanese is likely to be the, uh, the, the, the next runner. Is that, the, is that what your thoughts might be? Oh, well, I think that's, that's uh, probably the case. If there is to be a challenge, uh, uh, everybody's playing that challenge down. Certainly everybody on the Labor side, they're presenting a um, uh, front of unity, as you'd expect. Uh, it, it's really very much an unknown. Uh, the players themselves won't know until after the by-elections. Uh, but certainly a, a cause was to pray. There's a, a lot of balls in the air, uh, five balls in the air on that weekend, um, and our parliament will look quite different uh, afterwards. Uh, so it's a great opportunity for us to pray uh, for uh, godly people and godly influences to be in our parliament. Uh, let's move on, uh, cast our vision offshore for a few moments uh, to the United States where there's some changes to the Supreme Court in the United States and uh, the retirement of one member and the the opportunity here uh, when people who are from a pro-life perspective uh, look at the, the chance of uh, Roe versus Wade being repealed in the United States. What are your thoughts on what's been happening and what's unfolding with the Supreme Court? Interesting uh, point you raised, Neil. Um, Justice Anthony Kennedy, he has retired. He's 82, uh, certainly uh, due to retire. Um, now, that's opened up an opportunity for President Trump to appoint uh, somebody who is pro-life. President Trump is pro-life, uh, and he has said that he would appoint pro-life judges. So um, not only do the Conservatives, um, are they very focused on this, but also the, the radical left are as well. But the principal thing the left are concerned about is a repealing of Roe versus Wade, and if Trump... Uh, is able to make another pro-life appointment. Uh, the majority of justices will be pro-life and Roe versus Wade uh, or uh, any law upholding an unlimited right to abortion uh, is greatly at risk. Uh, so this is a pivotal moment, um, somewhat um, uh, surprisingly uh, close on the heels of the uh, death of uh, Justice uh, Scalia. Uh, and I think um, if a young judge is appointed, uh, somebody in their 50s, uh, this is going to have an impact for generations, uh, perhaps not for generations, but certainly for decades. Uh, so um, I think we should all pray uh, that uh, Roe versus Wade be repealed. Uh, that will have uh, follow-on effects right throughout the world uh, and will be particularly noted in Australia. So um, anything we can do for the unborn, anything that uh, President Trump could do for the unborn uh, should be encouraged. Well, good getting your insights, Dan Flynn, and I'll point people to the Australian Christian Lobby website where there's all sorts of great resource when it comes to a Christian position on a lot of these types of political 
Hot Potatoes. And uh, acl.org.au is the Australian Christian Lobby website, acl.org.au. Dan Flynn is Victoria State Director for the Australian Christian Lobby. Dan, thanks so much for your thoughts and uh, your sharing these uh, details in the update today. My pleasure, Neil. Thank you very much. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.